Welcome to this new episode and I'm so excited about this one. First, because it is on breathwork and the science of breathwork is so interesting and my personal experience has been pretty blissful. The second reason is that Niraj Naik, aka the renegade pharmacist that I interview today, is one of the most knowledgeable person in the world about this. He really knows the science behind and he has a pretty fun approach to breathwork. He has done a few seminars along with Wim Hof, who is also amazing in that space and works a bit with Mindvalley, which is an amazing app that you should also check it out. So really enjoy this podcast. I had to record on my phone so you'll see that my voice is not in a very high quality, but Niraj is doing 99% of the talking, so that shouldn't be an issue. Enjoy. Hi and welcome to the 29th episode of Dreamers and Doers where I interview people who follow their passion and use it to make a massive positive impact in the world. And I think that's you, Niraj. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is a great opportunity. And I'm very honored to have you in the show because, well, I've seen you doing shows with Mindvalley and with Wim Hof. And mm. I'm really, really interested lately in breathwork. And you're one of the top experts in the world. So thanks again for, for being here. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And so you're often called the renegade pharmacist, which is really interesting. So I'd love you to share a bit your story and especially how you got into breathwork. Yes, the renegadepharmacist.com. That's my website. Uh, that I created several years ago, which was basically around um, all of the knowledge I I had from healing myself from a chronic illness. So what happened was I got very sick with a very um, pretty serious stress-related condition called ulcerative colitis. I was like left housebound mm-hmm. for a year. It's an autoimmune condition. You basically shit blood like 40 times a day. It's pretty nasty. And... Um, what happened was I was given like two choices. Either I um, take a, a, a drug that hasn't been tested before or I um, have my colon removed and have a colostomy blag and shit, shit in a bag for the rest of my life. So at the age of 30, uh, you know, that was like horrifying, you know. So and I had literally been housebound for a year. So you can imagine how depressing oh. that was. But I just prayed and prayed and um, they say that God, what it really means is gift of desperation because God seems to come to you in your most desperate moments. And um, literally I was praying for a a third route and then to the rescue came um, a very close friend of us now, uh, Swami Ambikananda, who's a yoga teacher in the UK. And she told me you have a gift. Because if you can heal yourself from this illness uh, without the medications, with your background, you'll be a great inspiration to, the, to other people. And, um, and I uh, took her advice on At first, I was a bit skeptical. I was like, I just thought this was all a bit woo-woo, like all this kind of mm-hmm. meditation and, you know, yoga were, and all that stuff. Were you not at all into it at the time? Not really. Like I, haven't, I, I couldn't even touch my toes, you know. So, yeah, I wasn't much of a yogi myself, but um, I was willing to give it a go. And to my surprise, like within three months, I was back to normal. And I was like then making a pact that I will 
do whatever I can to get this uh, these techniques out to as many people as possible. Um, and what I realized is the challenge that challenges that I faced in doing this was firstly, people were like me, right? Skeptical um, of anything that was alternative. Uh, secondly, if they were had heard of things like yoga or things like that, they found it was either boring, took too long, um, or they just couldn't stretch or bend or anything like that. So what I realized was going back to the roots of these things that actually um, the, a lot of the teachings and the meaning of like things like yoga and breath work and all this stuff uh, had all become a bit convoluted. So it was very confusing. You know, there's so many different styles and different mm. approaches and different ways of doing yoga or, uh, you know, like pranayama is the one that me me most people shy away from that I don't talk about it much because they don't understand it. Pranayama is basically uh, breath, well, energy control and through breath, controlling your breath because the breath is our way to influence the physiology. Mm. However, if you go to a, a a pranayama class or you see them on um you know if you see them on uh videos or you know things like that it's usually either like a bunch of uh very you know kind of slim trim sexy ladies in hot um, hot pants you know uh breathing from one nostril to another or it's like just seems like too religious it puts people off right so I was like, how do I make this more fun? How do I make this more accessible? And that's when I um, discovered like the power of music and how you can use music uh, as a way to create audio programs where people just follow along with music to change their state and use this as a tool to go in there and reprogram the consciousness. Because yoga and, and pranayama are just tools, methods of getting back in touch with our bodies and being able to influence our physiological states. So these are ways of controlling the energy. And now quantum physics shows us that E equals M. Okay, so E equals M meaning everything is energy. Matter and energy are all one. And we're all connected. Everything is connected. So, um, so yoga is just merely a way of us to be able to harness the potential of um, knowing, this understanding that everything is energy. Yeah. So you can use this for various purposes. You can use it to live longer, be more happier, be stronger, to uh, raise and change your moods at will. You know, you can even do some awesome stuff like lower your heart rate, um, increase your core body temperature and do all these kinds of stuff like appear like magic tricks, but actually can all be very well explained through science. Mm. So I, I was also like the other thing is like there's a whole load of people very skeptical about anything kind of as esoteric so i was like i have to bring science to this stuff so i went on a big search and i went on a big research mission around the world um looking for people who were master yogis master practitioners of breath work and all these things to and and people who may have done scientific studies to to bring together um all of this knowledge into one platform that was a renegade pharmacist dot com okay. which has become like a very very popular website around the world and it also uh because i made one of the most viral infographics of all time uh which is all about uh well it's probably one of the most viral articles of all time um about coca-cola it went massively viral what happens one after you drink a can of coke it opened mm. the doors for me to meet a lot of other people um it caught the attention of people like wim hof and ended up becoming good friends with him and i 
you know, I, we trained, we learned from each other, actually. I did a lot of music with a Wim Hof. In fact, the whole Wim Hof method uses my music. I'm a, okay. I'm a music producer as well. So I went back into my passion for music. And what I realized was that actually one of the root causes of, of chronic illnesses in this world and why there's such a big epidemic is because we become robotized. We're human beings becoming robotized. And we're working in like robotic environments, factory-like environments, doing stuff that we don't really enjoy. And there's two questions you've got to ask yourself every morning. Um, because if you don't answer these in the right way, it will mean that you're going to get sick. Because this is a true, in my opinion, true definition of whether you're healthy. If you wake up with absolute enthusiasm to do mm. a hard day's work, all right, then you're healthy. If you wake up with absolute enthusiasm to be compassionate to other people, then you're healthy. But if you're waking up feeling like you have to do something to survive, you feel like you're, you're having to do this to fit in, or you're only being nice because you have to, because it's, you have to do it to fit into your environment. Um, mm. you know, there may be a boss that is bullying you all, all day long, you know, things like that. And you're just faking being nice and you're staying there and being in this kind of stress on an ongoing basis if this carries on for long periods of time you're going to get sick so we need to now change a lot of things the way people have become robotized we need yeah. to go back inwards and look at what is it that we can really offer to the world you know what value can we bring and what passions and interests do i have because i really yeah. believe that you can only be valuable when you're feeling good when you're feeling good about yourself otherwise you're just like half um your potential you're only yeah, you half your potential. you come far from an empty yeah <laughs> so a big part of what i do now is i help people get back into their flow get get back into um uh what they really want to do uh without fear and giving people strategies on how to how to do that so the renegade farms has become like a great resource for people different areas of their life um and uh, you know, if you're chronically sick, there's there's uh, solutions for you there. If you're somebody who has perfect health but wants to get the edge, there's there's you know there's there's information for you there. But the cornerstone of all of it is the breath. The breath work is the foundations because the science of breath, uh, Swaradora in uh, in Sanskrit, pranayama, the science of breath has changed my life, it's transformed my life. The knowledge of, of knowing how the breathing influences your physiology, something I learned in uh, 2010 going through this illness, has made shifts in my life in ways that you I can't even explain, like beyond like, you know, comprehension. So I, I firmly believe that um, everyone must learn a foundation of, of how the breath controls the body and then learn about how this influences our cells, every single cell in our body. Because our, our body, our physiology, is a community of cells coexisting with each other and living symbiotically with each other. In fact, we are more germ cells than we are human cells. We are actually three times more germ than we are human. So what are we really? We are, we are just germs, a community of organized germ cells. So... We have to understand what is it that influences the physiology of each one of these cells? What makes a happy community exist together? And it all comes all the way back to breathing. Every time the breathing is the one method 
of of um, creating a harmony within the physiology. And it's through that harmony that comes positive emotion. Through positive emotions, like passion and joy, comes success. Mm. And that's why you think that this breath work is kind of the basis for then finding more life purpose of happiness in life in general. Yes, because if you, your breathing is a reflection of your moods, your emotions. And you can't be successful if and happy for a long time if your breathing and, and everything is erratic. So, you know, you can observe people who breathe, um, who are successful in the way they breathe. And you'll see they actually have a, a different rate to somebody who's chronically stressed. And, um, you know, and those people who are you who may appear to be um, very successful may actually be internally very stressed. And you can tell straight away from the way they breathe uh, if they're chronically stressed or not. So, you know, the breath is also an indicator of your your emotion. And so going forward, can we just present a little bit, maybe the different types of breathing techniques that are quite famous and go then towards your technique, the Soma breath and expand on the science. So of course. I'd, I'd, I'd love to present a bit like what are the major kind of breath work techniques that I used? Yeah, certainly. So the um, let's talk about more recent times. So mm. in more recent times the the two breath work uh, techniques that have become very popular um, is holotropic by Stanislav Grof That's and the, rebirth yeah. by Leonard yeah. Orr. So okay. holotropic breathwork uh, was created by uh, Stanislav Grof, who was one of the first mm. researchers into the psychedelic um, uh, therapy. He was one of the first people to use LSD in psychedelic research mm. um, and for, as a form of therapy. And uh, what happened was then it got made uh, illegal. So he he has such good results with the psychedelic um, LSD that um, he needed an alternative. So he came up with um, this breath work. He realized that ancient shamanic breathing techniques uh, can induce a psychedelic effect mm. on the body. Right. It's not going to be exactly the same, but it, it does create a similar result. Yeah, I, I was listening yeah. to his podcast with, uh, with Tim Ferriss and his experiences just through breath were pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. So um, but the thing with that is that it's something it's like psychedelics. So you're not going to do them all the time. And it's a form of therapy. And it's like, you know, you maybe do it, maybe even you only ever do it once or twice in your life, right? Mm. So something you as a regular daily habit. Mm. Same thing with rebirthing. Rebirthing is pretty much the same thing as holotropic. It comes from uh, this ancient uh, pranayama as well. I mean, if you read into the backstory of rebirthing, he says that he was trained in it from a uh, immortal yogi who lives 3,000 years old or something like that. I mean, it's a very weird kind of backstory. It's not the kind of thing that I would uh, be able to use to inspire um, kind of people who work in an office to do because it's such a it's such an out there story behind it. However, it has also the same kind of benefits as like holotropic breathwork. They're pretty much the same thing. They come from these ancient shamanic breathing rituals in pranayama, which is an ancient shamanic breathing ritual from India. Um, but in in India, the ancient shamans are called rishis. Okay, so 
these are people who basically had hacked their physiology to a level where they could um you know stay healthy and happy and strong for very long periods of time and live much longer than we do now and also do incredible displays of strength and feats and and you know magic even so these people um were the ones who created the, the first schools of yoga tantra and um pranayama so pranayama is the tradition that i'm more focused on so qigong is another breathing technique which also derives from um pranayama and buddhism with with vipassana also its roots come from mm. uh from india originally because buddhism also comes originally from india so my focus being an indian yeah. and being biased because of that has always been in pranayama because it is one of the most ancient forms but it also if you think, if you look back further and further in history, um, the origins of pranayama and yoga come from the legend of Soma. So Soma was a psychedelic ritual that uh, the rishis would take. It's referenced 50,000 times in the Rig Veda, which is the world's oldest religious text. And they would take this to have direct communication with the spirit world, with the gods have divine downloads and um, use this wisdom and knowledge to make civilization uh, more successful. And this is very similar to like an ayahuasca yeah. journey or magic mushroom experience, right? So mm. what happened was as people started to migrate and go to different parts of the world, they started to um, uh, uh, find that the Soma starts to run out and they're all addicted to Soma. They're, everyone's hooked on the Soma for their um, health and wellness and their well-being and wisdom and all this stuff. So they all freak out. So they're like, right, we must go inwards to discover how to create the soma within because they believe strongly that we already create, have all the substances that exist in nature already within us. And that comes the origins of Tantra. And from Tantra comes Pranayama, Yoga and all these things. And basically what it is was the man's pursuit to create the soma within which is the soma within is like your own endogenous DMT that invokes the psychedelic experience. However, in doing this, they realize that actually we can we we have a direct influence over autonomic nervous system. And that means that we can actually switch off stress, switch on stress. We can turn on the rest and digest mode at will, do this all consciously and, and voluntary. Um, Wim Hof was one of the guys in our more recent times who um, he's trained in many different um, techniques um, and you know most of it what he comes his comes from is very similar to pranayama um, mm. and uh, tumo as well and he basically um, went with under scientific investigation showed that you can influence your um, your immune system at will right I did the same thing 10 years ago when I healed myself from chronic illness same thing mm -hmm. and um, in the 70s, uh, uh, Swami, Swami Rama, he went to um, America under uh, uh, scientific study. He stopped his heart for 10 seconds. He created tumors on his skin at will. He, um, he raised the body temperature of one hand up by 10 degrees and the other hand down by 10. He did all kinds of miraculous things. Do we have records of this? 
Yeah, this is all there. You can look it all up. Swami yeah, Rama. I'll look it up and share, share it with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah swear that, uh, share this. Because um, it kind of got buried a little bit, but it's, it's all there. Because the drug companies don't want us to know about this stuff mm. so much. So, you know, well, it's there. It's just it didn't get mainstream publicity. Mm. So you find it all. It just didn't get um, mainstream publicity. Mm. Uh, so, so basically, um, what happened was then... I was compelled to find out, you know, how did I get healed? And then through that, I discovered um, that there's already yogis who have done a lot of this stuff. They've already, uh, you know, they've, they've already done studies on people many years before. Mm. So it was nothing new. So I was like, okay, so then there is something to these breathing techniques. There has to be. I've got enough proof. But how do I now make it more accessible? And... So what I did was I discuss, I also um, studied a lot with um, the heart math. Heart math are brilliant uh, scientists as well, all about the health of the heart, coherence and um, heart rate variability and how to get into these kind of healthy heart state, emotional states, where the heart is in its element, in its flow, which has a knock-on effect over your, um, your whole physiology. So they talk a lot about coherence and rhythmic breathing and the cornerstone of of yoga is rhythmic breathing breathing your rhythm because physiologically when you breathe in a rhythm your breath has a rhythm right in inhale and exhale right and actually every single function in your body is rhythmical your circadian rhythm which is your sleep cycles wake and sleep cycles mm-hmm. you have infradium rhythm okay and that these rhythms are all um associated with your hormonal system and that's how we function so every single function in biology has a rhythm to it okay so that means and if that if the case is that the the breath is uh the the primary controller of all these rhythms then by consciously controlling our breath it means we can control every rhythm that's going on in our body all right. And that's literally what the system of pranayama is. It's a system of breathing techniques that are based on a foundational rhythm that allows you to influence your physiology. And it creates like a, um, a pharmacy of different breathing techniques so that you can activate your inner pharmacy yeah. and create your own medicines. So this is what I brought to the, the surface. So Soma is what it is, is, is it's um, a series of breathing techniques, but the core foundation is this one called the awakening. The awakening uses rhythmic breathing and breath retention techniques um, to create uh, physiological adaptation to having less than normal oxygen in the body. Your body adapts to having less oxygen through breath retention to becoming stronger and more uh, fitter and healthier. So I can tell you a little bit about the science of how that works. But the cornerstone, yeah. basically, the cornerstone of all of the most revered techniques of pranayama is kumbhaka, breath retention, and um, rhythmic breathing. Okay. So yeah, I, can, I, I can explain I, to you why that is. Yeah, I, I did your yeah. yours this morning, actually. You know, your, your webinar it was really, really interesting, and I felt really good after. Uh, it, so, it actually yeah, reminded me quite a bit of, uh, it's, it's quite similar with the Wim Hof method. All right, mm. and uh, but yeah, yeah, it was it was great. So yeah, I'd be really interested to know more in details how it works scientifically. 
Because I, yeah. think, I think with Wim Hof and you, what makes it really interesting is the fun part and the scientific part, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our, my thing is very much about um, the rhythmic breathing. So and everything is timed to music. So yeah, everything is in I a perfect rhythm. Addition, yeah, um, and which makes it more original to the tribal ancestors who you'd use drumming and rhythmic patterns mm. for the breathing. We also um, so like the way Wim does it. Wim's method is more towards getting into ice baths. That's the function of it, is to get into an ice mm. bath, to generate heat in the body, get into the heart, ice bath. Mine is more about uh, getting into these bliss states, these coherent bliss states, mm. where you're in this flow. And, and then over time, it creates this adaptive change to oxygen, so you can progressively hold your breath for longer periods of time. And in doing so, the side effect of that is that you produce DMT naturally. Mm. And that is where we create these heightened states of super consciousness and that that we build up over time so you don't jump into that straight away you build up over time to do, get better and do, better at creating that do you have sometimes experiences that are like quite likely to a dmt experience yeah of course and yeah. like the people who do our awakening journey um which is over 21 days the last week that's pretty much what Actually, they start getting it usually in the second week, but the, the last week is designed uh, to get you into that DMT experience. And that's when a lot of things start to come out and uh, reveal itself to you about the true nature of reality, who you are, your true self. Because in yoga, um, it's all about knowledge of self, know thyself. Mm. And they're not, not one size fits all. Like, as I was saying, we've been robotized in the West, right? So... People have become um, more uh, kind of um, uh, like made into an average number. Everyone's just an average. Like your mm. heart rate is this. Your average uh, cholesterol reading is this. Everything is an average, 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 right? Meaning that there's no um, uh, room for individuality. So the way medicine treats people in the West is through this reductionist scientific perspective that... Um, that gets rid of this individuality. So what may be high blood pressure for someone may actually be low blood pressure in reality for somebody else, whereas medicine treats everyone the same. This is the biggest problem we got in the world. So in, in order to break this, we have to go back into ourself and know thyself, all right? Mm -hmm. And it's the feeling that is the most important, actually being in touch with who we are and our feeling and being in touch with the body. The soma actually means body in Greek. That's what our, my method is all about, is to, it goes back to the roots and it gets you in touch with who you really are, you know, at a core level. Mm. And we have a various exercises, like a um, series of questions and self-inquiry to help you understand more about the nature of reality and how uh, your thoughts are shaped by things. So as I said, Wim's method is very much about, like, let's climb up a mountain or jump in an ice bath. Mm which has its own purpose for like strength. Whereas mine is more about the spirit, the soul, you know, so and let, um, they both let, work very well together. Let, let's jump uh, yeah, into, because when I listened to, you, to your webinar, there was a part, you know, on how it works with the nervous system and you have quite a good knowledge of this. So yeah. when you look at your technique, can you, can you explain scientifically why it's uh, very healthy? Yeah, of course. Uh, so, 
So basically, rhythmic breathing, um, what that means is breathing to a beat. So say you, you have music that has a beat like this. Mm. Like, you know, dance music has a... Yeah, and I'll send a link to your, to your webinar because I, I love that part. Ah, awesome. Yeah. So this is the cornerstone of Soma is to breathe in a rhythm as much consciously as possible during the day. All right. And when you breathe in a rhythm, you're breathing in for the same length of time as you're breathing out. And that creates a state called coherence, because when you breathe in, you stimulate sympathetic nervous system. When you breathe out, you stimulate parasympathetic nervous system. So breathing in a rhythm means you'll stimulate the sympathetic parasympathetic the same rate. This has a knock on effect on your physiology. It balances out your physiology. So if you're very sympathetic dominant, if there's a lot of fight and flight and stress going on, it will balance it back out. So if you're can very you, can you explain yeah, what's what's the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sympathetic nervous system is so the autonomic nervous system has two branches. Sympathetic mm. is the energy, action, motivation uh, side, but it also is what creates adrenaline and and stress in the body if it goes on for too long. The adrenaline is essential. However, if the emotions are under stress, like if you're under fear or jealousy or envy, it creates a contraction in the body. You go into uh, fright and paralysis. Paralysis is where you freeze up, right? When you freeze up, you contract. And fear uh, does this. It can make you contract. And what that does is it causes blood flow to block in your body, right? So if you get tension in the body, right, blood flow stops going to certain areas and that leads to disease. And it often is the, uh, the areas in your abdomen get compressed and it causes contraction and it leads to disease, all right? So um, by rhythmic breathing, we can actually correct that and bring us back more into balance where instead of contraction, you get more expansion. So you may still have a bit of adrenaline, but you're expanding. You produce different biochemistry in the body. So instead of producing adrenaline and cortisol, cortisol is what causes contraction. Uh, you produce DHEA, which causes dilation, expansion, right? Which means you get better blood flow and you get heightened emotional states like joy and passion. You're more in your flow, right? Now, you can alter this rhythm as well. You can actually change it to two, four. So you're breathing in for two and out for four, but repetitively mm -hmm. to a rhythm. Two, four rhythms, okay, stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system more. So two, four rhythm is breathing out for four beats mm -hmm. and in for two, right? Which means you stimulate the rest and digest mode. You cause a relaxation in the body and you go into more of a kind of a, psychedelic trance state as well so we can use these two rhythms to influence the physiology we can either become more um, in our flow with good good energy with with balance or we can go into a relaxation and go into meditation so i like to combine the two breathing patterns because they help the body in different ways and we teach people how to use in intention on how to use rhythm with intention to change different uh, states in the body and feelings in the body. Now that also prepares you, because you don't want to be doing rhythmic breathing for too long without following up with the next thing. And actually, here's the difference again between Wim Hof and me. Wim's mantra is all about breathe more, motherfucker, right? <laughs> we're, we're not about that. So pranayama 
is all about breathing less actually over time because by breathing less you become stronger okay you become fitter you become healthier and being the the measure of how long you can hold your breath okay is a measure of how healthy you are and actually another uh, measure of um, and these are the two measures that we get teach our people doing soma um, to measure how your how healthy you really are you don't need loads of machines you don't need expensive biofeedback you don't need any of that crap because you already have the best technology that's that 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 uh, that exists in nature and that is our own inner technology all right and so just by knowing how long you can hold your breath for right is a measure of your vital capacity and the vital capacity is a measure of the strength of your heart and your cardiovascular system which has a knock-on effect on every other function on your body so how long you can hold a tone like a tone would be like chanting om if you can go oh i mean i can do it for ages yeah but if you can hop like some people can only do that for like 15 20 seconds yeah i, mean, I always i always get a bit competitive during my yoga classes yeah and that's good <laughs> that's a good thing yeah, we should all we should all compete with ourselves to see how far we can go with that because that's the true measure of health, the vital capacity. Okay, ancient yogis knew this thousands of years ago. Now we're we're bringing it back, and science is proving this. Okay, so um, basically, here's the, the way you do this. So to to make yourself more efficient um, and have a stronger, healthier heart, we have to work on the area where energy is produced in the cell. And that's the mitochondria. So mitochondrial function of every cell in the body is the true representation of your, your, your overall health. And there's a lot of studies now. Uh, David Asprey's done a lot of great work on this. Um, the Bulletproof Coffee Guy. Mm. On mitochondrial function, how it affects your brain health. There's so many studies uh, going on now on mitochondrial function and its relationship with with your overall health and your susceptibility to getting disease and things like that and depression even and Alzheimer's and all these things. So what are, what is the mitochondria? Mitochondria in the cell is the energy centers, the battery pack of the cell. It's what creates life pretty much because without that energy, there is no life. All right. So the mitochondria takes oxygen, combines it with the glucose to produce energy. All right. ATP. Now, the yogis knew that these are these little energy centers are just like fire, right? Fire in your cells. So, just like a normal fire, I was making a bonfire uh, the other night in in Spain, and I was breathing onto the fire, like really bellowing onto the fire, and the flames would erupt, right? So, just like Californian wildfires, too much oxygen, actually, too much air, actually causes too much fire in the body. And it can cause stress and damage to the cells, leads to stress in the body. All right. So that's why, like, the Wim Hof method is great if you want to climb up a mountain where you need a lot of energy. But it's not good if you're somebody who's just on a day to day basis, mm. not needing that stress. He's already maybe a bit stressed. He doesn't need that energy. Mm. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Whereas, what I talk, teach is actually more about extending your breath and, and, um, training your body to become super efficient using oxygen so breath retention is the secret to this so 
when you do rhythmic breathing followed by breath retention mm -hmm. right and you train yourself to to stay longer and longer in a high state of hypoxia so hypoxia is um when you lower your oxygen levels in your blood for brief periods of time all right so when your blood oxygen levels go below 80 well 90 percent you're you're in a state called hypoxia so imagine when you breathe in oxygen goes into your bloodstream binds to red blood cells okay that means you have blood saturation of oxygen now we're mostly all the time around 98 percent oxygen saturation we have an abundance of oxygen that's not the problem well, the problem is, is getting that oxygen off those red blood cells and going into the tissue cells. In order to do that, we need carbon dioxide at the right level. All right. And actually, one of the problems that we have in this day and age is too much oxygen. We're over breathing. Right. Over breathing happens a lot under stressful emotions. When you're under stressful emotions, we tend to over breathe. Your body thinks that we're, we're stressed. We need energy and we breathe too much and we get too much fire in the body. That leads to that fire is free radical damage, oxidative stress. Why do you think we need antioxidants? All right. We need antioxidants because they protect against oxidative stress in the body. Mm. So therefore, what all of SOMA is about is actually training you to become super efficient using oxygen. So you need less, right? Less stress, less fire, less um, uh, damage to your cells, the more of a a uh, healthy person you become as a result, a less stress-free person, more imbalanced mm. person you become. So here's how, you, how it works. So when you hold your breath for a certain period of time, the oxygen levels drop, okay? When they drop below a certain percentage, you actually create an adaptive response to that less oxygen. Your body thinks it's running out of oxygen, so it produces more red blood cells. Mm -hmm. You create EPO, which it, uh, signals that. You actually dilate blood vessels, all right? Nitric oxide is produced. That's why you must use your nose as well. In order to produce nitric oxide, which is the mat, the master of all of this, it's the, it's the secret, okay? We want nitric oxide. We must use your nose. So this breathing through the mouth business is not good. It creates more stress, okay. all right? So you must always breathe through your nose. Was your, was your technique always through the nose? I might have always. Okay. Always. Out through the mm. mouth, in through the nose. Mm. That's the secret. Because through the mouth, you can actually control the the exhale and extend the exhale. That's why we do these two four rhythms, right? So you breathe in for a beat of two, and out for four, and you chicane mm. the breath like. Mm. We even make a sound like a. That like slows the breath down and it vibrates your your cells. It has and, a and why do you why do you exhale through the mouth? That's because you want to control the rate of breath. The mouth is a very good way of of controlling the exhale okay. rate. But the nose is harder to do, but you can do okay. it, but it's harder. Okay. okay. Right? But in through the nose, out through the mouth. The in through the nose is important because mm -hmm. breathing through the nose stimulates nitric oxide. Breathing through the mouth doesn't. Breathing through the nose has, you have hairs, and the hairs filters the oxygen, uh, the air, sorry, and gets rid of all the dust and shit, all right? Mm. Okay, and we live in a polluted atmosphere in the city, so we must use our nose to filter the air. Otherwise, we're going to get a lot of allergies and stuff, all right? 
many many it also warms the air down so one of the reasons why people get colds and flus in the winter is because of the cold damp air going in through the mouth not being filtered and and mm. causing an allergic response in the lungs so breathing through the nose it warms the air first and it stops that cold damp air from affecting the lungs in an irritation way mm. ir irritant I, way i actually had a friend who's probably do you know sida yoga yeah and they talk a lot about this i stopped cutting my the hair in my nose actually <laughs> on the oh, really? recommendation yeah ah okay cool yeah breathe through your nose it's the way forward mm. right mm. so yeah so that happens and then um so when you hold your breath for for periods of time the longer what happens is you basically make the mitochondria more efficient it trains your mitochondria to become more efficient using oxygen okay that leads to stronger mitochondria and then your vital capacity gets longer over time and you can hold your breath for longer periods of time and that then makes you fitter and healthier and has all these other benefits that i'm telling you about but we need to do this in a steady way it has to be done systematically you can't just rush in there and and become a master of this stuff you have to train yourself so my, my um your mitochondria like uh is like a muscle you know like you train your muscle you must train your mitochondria in the same way gradually over time otherwise you can cause damage as well mm. so we have to do it with an instructor you have to do it properly over time in a in a in a structured way and yoga is actually the purpose of yoga is to train yourself under um uh contraction right so there's a there's if have you heard of tony robbins yeah i went to date with this stimulus uh, yeah, yeah. so Not his fav his favorite exercise is static contraction it's called functional isometric contraction and there's a guy called bob hoffman who made it very famous and it, and he he studied russian athletes um powerlifters and they, their secret is this functional isometric training is where they they do their um, um, exercise under maximum effort and contraction. So yoga, when you what happens is when you do a yoga pose, you contract the muscles and you're meant to stay in that contraction to the point of exhaustion. Because what that does is it controls the blood flow to your your oxygen. It stops the blood flow to your uh, your muscles, and it forces your oxygen your muscles to use up all of the nutrients in in the muscles so what that means is that your muscle then adapts to having to becoming stronger next time however if you're always moving the muscle if you're doing like dumbbells right like this mm -hmm. up and down what happens is always blood flow going to your muscles so that's like basically um riding a bike with stabilizers you don't become stronger okay it takes longer to become stronger. So that's why Tony Robbins is all about functional isometric uh, contraction, which is like pushing weights under maximum effort. There's another technique called uh, 10X um, or um, uh, what's it called? Uh, something loading. Um, I can't remember the name. But anyway, it's again, same concept. You're pushing like maximum effort and staying in contraction for as long as possible right mm. that's how you build your your stronger muscles whereas with yoga you're doing it through body weight and you're holding each pose to exhaustion and what that does rather uh, if you look at a lot of the yoga out there you're moving from one pose to a to the next right which is actually 
like riding the bike with stabilizers again because if you're just flowing from one pose to another you're not really training the muscle you're not getting stronger you're not you're not really working the muscle you're just moving from one pose to, to the next so that's more like an aerobic exercise we're doing anaerobic exercises anaerobic means you're training under no oxygen like without oxygen this makes this makes you uh, much more uh, efficient at using oxygen so then you'll be able to monitor this and you'll be able to do orms that last for a long time you'll be able to hold your breath for much longer so we we really recommend we train people to do the yoga in the right way and we train people to do the um, breath retention in the right way with rhythmic breathing to become super efficient using oxygen and this means that then during the day you breathe less you may only breathe three or four times a day, and that's the goal. Is a uh, sorry, three or four times a, a minute. That's the goal. Is to breathe three or four times a minute. Yeah, people at home don't breathe two or three times a day. Uh, most. Um, so that means like your breathing um, is a lot more slower, a lot more calmer, and then that is a reflection of your state of mind. So. So actually, in uh, the, the, the mantra of yoga, actually, of this sh ancient uh, tantric yoga is Chitti Vitti Naroda, which means make the mind tranquil. The whole goal of yoga is to make the mind peaceful because our mind is our reality, basically. So if we have an erratic mind, we have erratic thoughts, mm -hmm. we have an erratic life. If we want to have an, a... a happy stable uh, uh life where everything flows in the right way then you must have a tranquil mind and that's what soma is about is to create a tranquil mind by going within and, and understanding ourselves and how everything works and yeah. go going back to the to the practice so you talked about those experiences that are close to dmt but it's also a daily practice right so I, I guess when you use it as a daily practice in a routine, it, it wouldn't be that intense. So what, what's an ideal, let's say, daily practice you'd have in your routine? Yeah, so the average uh, like kind of uh, time usually is around 20 minutes to do the breathing techniques. That's usually consists of uh, two uh, rounds of um, the rhythmic breathing and breath retention. Mm -hmm. um, and then we would usually do uh, another, say, depending on how long you want to do, um, of movement exercise and, and, and the Soma Yoga, which trains you to become more efficient using oxygen, right? Mm -hmm. So it does it in this, but it's not about doing gymnastics and acrobatics. It's about staying in one pose for as long as you possibly can. Mm. And so that so some people they'll find that they can hold one pose for like five to ten minutes even, you know. So over every day you'll progressively be able to do more pose well less poses because they take so long to do because mm. you can hold it for so long. So your routine will usually consist of a of a few yoga poses that you work where you want to work on for that day because you may have mastered some of the other poses but you you want to master a new set of poses so you just add on a new new pose each day but the focus would be on about 20 to 30 minutes of of breath work to train yourself to progressively hold your breath for longer periods of time 
And but yeah, yeah but the, the, but yeah, some people some people have a lot of time will um, will literally be doing these techniques for an hour or two even and staying in a samadhi state for as long as they can because this is actually what some of the yogis would do is they would they'll be able to hold their breath for such a, or they'll be able to slow their breathing down to such a slow rate that they're producing massive amounts of this endogenous dmt and living in this kind of um psychedelic state but that's not for everyone you know so we kind yeah. of made it simple for for everyone to be able to enjoy and some people who want to go that deep they can but you have to build up towards that okay okay yeah 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 uh, I had a question uh, about you know when you had your your disease. Did you try any? Did you try medic like standard medication? Was there any at first? Medication. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the first kind of month, I I had um, some medications, but they weren't working. I was getting a lot of side effects, and yeah, so I ditched them after a month. Everyone thought I was crazy. And then I still suffered for at least um, another six months um, before I started trying the okay. the, the alternative techniques. And, and do you sometimes take uh, any like traditional medication or not at all? Well, now? Yeah. No, not at all. No way. Like you never take uh, antibiotics or something like this? I have once in the past taken antibiotics when I was very sick mm -hmm. with a... Um, Chronic, chronic. Well, I had a um, like a, a bacterial infection when I was in um, Thailand because I live in the tropics. Okay. But that was uh, the only time, and, like, and really I, I do believe, and I do believe there is a place for certain for antibiotics in certain cases like that. But they should never be taken for everyday kind of colds and flus and mm. chest infections and things like that. Mm. Doctors give them out like they're sweets. They still <laughs> do it. Even though they're not supposed to, they still do it. So, um, you know, I highly recommend that you try alternative means and the drugs should only be a last resort. And medication mm. should never be used long term for things like high blood pressure and um, uh, cholesterol and stuff like that because they just don't work and they cause side effects. Mm. And that natural lifestyle changes is the only way to go. And um, yeah, I'm listening to, to this this morning. I, I really like, I, I don't want to expand too much on, uh, uh, you know, the drug industry, but it reminds me a lot of, you know, what's going wrong also with the, the food industry and how, let's say, the ca capitalist interest of uh, this company sometimes goes against our health. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you also about uh, supplements because that's something I was a bit, wondering about lately um like do you do you take food supplements and what what's your advice on this do i take supplements so um i used to be like really obsessed with vitamins and pills and supplements and then yeah, I, you I, I did you a... talked about dave asprey so that's what yeah <laughs> and then i did about. a yeah, and then I did a bit of research on it and um, realized that a lot of the the data that comes from um, the evidence of these supplements um, is a little bit kind of biased because the companies 
uh, selling the supplements or doing the studies. So it became mm. the same kind of problem as drug companies funding studies. Mm. So I didn't, I couldn't see the difference between the two. So then I started to study Ayurveda. Okay. And Ayurveda has um, supplements in the form of herbs, herbal, mm. herbal supplements. So they have certain herbs, adaptogenic herbs um, and other herbs that are either incredibly dense in nutrition or they work synergistically with each other, like ginger, for example, turmeric, mm. garlic. They work, the ingredients that are inside them synergistically work with each other to create a beneficial effect in the body. So garlic mm. is one of the best anti-virals um, there are, actually. But you have to use the garlic in its raw form and you need to chew the garlic, okay? Mm. Mm. To release the allicin, which becomes alanine, which is the active ingredient. But that also has other ingredients that makes it a complete yeah. thing. Now, that's, the that's problem bit, with yeah. yeah, the problem yeah. with supplements is that quite often they take out one single thing an extract and then they 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 concentrate the extracts just like a drug mm, mm. and it takes away all of the um things that work in synergy with that extract mm. which is bullshit so i'm not into extracts i'm not into these like um supplement companies that release studies that they funded i'm more into whole foods and looking at what are like whole foods that have got evidence based behind them. So my my staples for this is uh, cacao, right? Mm -hmm. So chocolate uh, in the raw form, uh, which is one of the considered the food of the gods in ancient um, uh, times in South America. And I use a lot of cacao in my diet. Mm -hmm. I also love maca. Maca is another tonic uh, food. It's a root. And it also has so, it's so nutrient dense, packed full of um, uh, nutrition, very high in fiber as well. So is cacao. So these are like whole foods. And then I really love ghee. Ghee is like a, mm. um, a clarified butter from mm. India. And I love that because it, it's, it's, it gives you the exact source of fuel that your mitochondria loves, which is this... Um, uh, good essential fats i love olive oil you know i love okay. olives so i just eat a very healthy diet yeah, okay. i don't i don't eat i don't take loads of supplements so i don't believe in them anymore i used yeah. to yeah i don't I believe in the same <laughs> i was on uh, isogenics and then taking on it and and doing the research I, I i came to that same conclusion and i think they can cause more harm than good actually mm. because uh they can put uh, stress on the kidney uh, they can put um, that can have an effect over time, and also um, especially protein, high amounts of protein. You see people using a lot of protein supplements. We don't mm. need that much protein, yeah. man, right? Because that causes a load on the kidneys as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, ju I just take B12. I think if people do plant-based mainly, that's the one thing. But yeah. And I'm Otherwise. also not one of these people who like thinks that you should only eat one meal a day. I'm mm. not one of these people who like, you should be vegan. Yeah, I do like intermittent fasting, but I'm not like obsessed over it. I think mm. uh, in so in in my grandma was uh, she followed a lot of these Indian practices. She would eat mm. uh, like uh, she'd have a day off a week. Okay. She'd eat mostly plant based, well, all plant based, vegetarian, except for she'd have like ghee. Um, but mm. she would uh, have one day off of a week 
where she wouldn't okay. eat anything. Mm. So she would fast once. A, and I think that's really good. I do mm. some an Ayurvedic practice um, called salt water intestinal cleansing, okay. where you drink um, like like a liter of warm salt water uh, on an empty stomach in the morning, and it cleanses your bowels out. And you mm. feel amazing after that. You do that. Yeah, you yeah. can do that once mm. a month or once a week. Some people do it once a week. Okay, I'll try it. I'll try it yeah. and let you know how it goes. Uh, I'll, I'll close a bit on, on nutrition, but yeah, the, the science on, on intermittent fasting is usually uh, pretty pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. But I, I really wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, sun healing. Um, yeah. Is, uh, I guess this, like, do you know a bit the science behind sun healing too and how it works? Yeah, so... So sound healing, I mean, there's many different kind of theories. Um, so if we talk about traditional sound healing, which is using like Tibetan bowls or gongs mm. or... Yeah, basically how it that. works, because for a Western mind like mine, um, you know, it comes. I come from a place where like sound is just sound and, and wouldn't be healing. But I'm sure there is, there is actually a really rational way to explain how it heals. Yeah. Yeah, let me explain. Okay, I don't believe that it's the miracle cure that's going to cure everyone. Okay, mm. but but there is some reason why people get benefits. So one of them could be the fact that firstly, sound, if it's pleasant and you like it, um, has been shown by studies by um, certain uh, scientists. Actually, one of them is called David Hawkins. He wrote a book called Power Versus Force. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm reading Letting Go, so which is really good. Yeah, yeah. So in that, he talks about, um, and he's a Harvard-trained mm. scientist. He he talks a lot about the effect of positive music on the body. So music that's mm. pleasant, like classical music, seems to have a calming effect on the physiology. So if you're healing, if you want it to heal, it's usually because you're overstressed. So getting into a parasympathetic state is what we want to have, right? So um, so tools like sound healing definitely help. Uh, because they can calm your nervous system down, all right? So what that does then is it allows more blood flow to go to the areas that where blood flow may be separated. So that can actually create some spontaneous healing effects in some people where that's the, been the problem, where they haven't been getting blood flow to those areas. The other reason why sound healing could help is the, the fact that we're 70% water, all right? So water has an, uh, uh, sound has an effect over water. So Emoto has done certain studies, okay, um, Dr. Emoto, um, on the effect of sound on water. Mm. Um, but there's been many others, like, kind of studies been done, uh, you know, independent was ones. It, was it the same study as when you send hate or love to water, or was it a different one? He did that, he did that, yeah, intentional yeah. studies on water. I don't know if he was the one who did that, but that might have been one of the offshoots. But there's a guy called Gerald Pollack who discovered that there's a fourth phase of water. So the three phases that we know is ice, gas, and um, liquid, right? Liquid, yeah. But there's a fourth phase, which is living water, water that's alive, that has a, seems to have a consciousness of its own, right? And he studied that this is the water that exists in our cells, that exists in mm. uh, plants, when they're alive, and this is like living water. It has a kind of a consciousness to it. And he says that if we drink more of this kind of water uh, by like juicing vegetables, you know, having cucumber, juicing cucumbers and things like that, it is more nourishing and healthy to the body, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, 
what music can charge water in a positive way that makes it alive mm. gives it a fourth phase to it and this he's shown in studies so originally like in the olden days um the uh people would like uh bless what call it holy water right they're charged water so the in the monks the monks would go and pray and charge water the, the same thing the rishis would do in india they would like bless water they'll charge mm -hmm. it supercharge it and then you drink it and that that water then comes in has a natural intelligence with an intention that goes in and heals the body or it, it changes your emotional state makes you feel better it could just be incredible placebo effects but placebo effect is something we need to pay attention to as well okay because placebo effect generally um has outperformed a lot of drugs mm -hmm. without side effects yeah. so we should not ignore the placebo effects so i don't know if it's just amazing placebo effects or whether there is something more to it that there is a consciousness that's created with fourth phase water or it's just that we're switching on the parasympathetic nervous system and turning off the sympathetic i don't know it's probably a combination of all of those things but i love music mm -hmm. i think music is life it's our it's music is a language of the soul the music i like to create is very um but positive emotionally the music you hear on the wim hof method is all of my music i produce all of it for him mm. and i even made some music with him um and it really adds to the the ritual the the practice of yoga and meditation and breath work it adds something to it, it doesn't take away some people like to do things in silence which is also okay but i believe that the music adds another dimension to it and for me because my intention my purpose is to reach ecstatic states the highest states of peak human experience possible because i believe by getting to those states you become more hooked on that than shit that doesn't really help us get there in a natural way in a positive way so by becoming more into your own feeling more, more into your own emotions from within we get less distracted by the external stuff that causes uh, problems and that's what soma is about and I believe the music really adds to that. The mm. breath work, all of that is designed to work together in harmony with each other. And yeah, rhythm is life. It definitely yeah. does. Um, uh, I had a quick question also. I read lately that we breathe too much with our chest and we should breathe more with our belly. Would you yes. confirm that? 100%. So the first way to correct your breathing is to observe where you're breathing from. Actually, our lungs are more towards the back. So when we breathe through the belly, what we really want to also do is imagine both sides are expanding. Your back, you're breathing into your back and your belly is rising. This also allows a lot of air and room for your organs of your belly, all right, to breathe as well. So it gives space for the air to, um, to the, for the uh, blood supply to move more freely and in and out of those organs so you're like flushing the organs with with blood as well when you're breathing in and out in a rhythm through the belly so there's a way to create more energy for your abdomen all right as well mm. so um you'll look you'll see like uh qigong is very much about diaphragmic belly breathing we're talking a lot about diaphragmic breathing that's what it is when we talk about belly breathing so the first way is to observe um by putting your hand on your diaphragm or your belly your right hand, your left hand on your belly, your right hand on your chest, which hand rises first? If your right hand rises first, your chest, that means you're, you're actually 
breathing from only your chest, which um, actually is where the sympathetic nervous system receptors are. So that causes more stress if you breathe mm. from the chest only. And actually, you're fine when you're running up a mountain, all right? Mm. You naturally chest breathe because you're breathing faster because <laughs> you're getting out of breath, right? And that, that works together with your body to produce more energy, which allows you to run up that mountain and get to the end. However, that's not so useful day-to-day -day basis. All right? Mm. So the Wim Hof method and things like that, which are more high energy, chest breathing, um, yeah. are, are really good if you want to climb up the mountain. Okay. Not so good on a day to day. Sitting in an office, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's one, one last thing I wanted to ask you about was because uh, I had a podcast actually with a, a, an Ayurvedic uh, practitioner, a friend of mine, and he would, was advising against vaccines. What's Ooh. your opinion on vaccines? That is a funny one because there's no doubt about it that vaccines helped us okay mm. like uh protect against yeah like, i was a bit surprised so, yeah. but having said that there was a book published in the 1940s all right mm -hmm. um let me see if i can find it and send you the pdf um, um basically it was written by a guy who was involved at high level um in the production of vaccines, and he believes that the whole thing is a scam. It was written in the 1940s. He talks about a lot of evidence actually behind it. Mm. Um, and there's a there's a very, very deep. I haven't fully read it myself, so I can't okay. like say it's 100% gospel truth, but it seems from a credible source. And I think what happened is this: is that I think, I think what happened, in my opinion. Back in those days, sanitation was poor. Mm. People um, lived in much more squalid like uh, environments. You know, people were drinking unclean tap water or water. they didn't have tap water. Right. They mm. were so the risk of infection was much higher. All right. Mm. So infection naturally spread. Nowadays, <clears throat> we actually live in a much cleaner um, and more inhabitable environment. All right. Back then, maybe the immune system was suppressed also for the fact that we were more malnourished than we are now. Okay, so just like um, uh, the, uh, you know, the breath, uh, a little bit of holding your breath gives you a positive stress response that adapts to. Uh, so the next time when you're in a low oxygen environment, you become stronger. Right. So that has an adaptation that's positive in your body. Just so that vaccine creates a, a memory in your immune system towards a danger in the future. However, I don't believe that those dangers that we had back then are on the scale that they were then. Maybe in some areas there are, like in certain areas like in India and Africa where mm. a lot of poverty, maybe we need those little positive mm. stress responses from vaccine. I don't know. But maybe nowadays we're being over vaccinated. And the problem with this is that we don't know where those vaccines come from. All right. We don't know the source of the production. We don't know what stuff's extra ingredients are going in there. Apart from we do know heavy metals are used. Um, 
We also don't know whether the intention is pure, the people making these vaccines. Because think about this, if you're the company who holds a patent on a vaccine and every mm. single person on, on in England, for example, has to take that vaccine, all right? How many people have to take that vaccine then, you know, over time? We're talking billions and trillions of dollars. Who are the most powerful people in the world? It's the drug companies. Because we are enforced to take certain drugs because of fear if we don't take those drugs, we're going to we're going to die from this disease or that disease. Same things happening now with vaccines. We are now being kind of scaremongered into the flu vaccine, which is a load of bullshit. The flu vaccine is a joke. Do not fall for that one. That is a total scam. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, when I saw that in the mainstream uh, happening, um, I that alarm bells went off in my head. Was like, okay, if they can get away with this which I think is a total scam and money-making scam, then what else can they get away with? Mm. And the problem is that we can't even speak up against it because you saw what happened to Robert De Niro when he wanted to back that vaccine documentary. He got shut down. He was, he was threatened that you won't ever make a movie again in Hollywood. Well, so the powers that be are very, very powerful. Um, and here's why I want to bring everything back to source, which mm. is our breath. Because if we can become in control of our breath, we become self-sufficient. And then no one outside can control us because we become in control. The drug companies educated us out of our ability to control an autonomic nervous system. They said that the only way to control the, the nervous system is through drugs. And that's why they make so much money out of the parasympathetic nervous system. Because they said that you can't control it. Whereas we know that we can. All right. I've done it. I healed myself with chronic illness. Yogis have been doing it for thousands of years. So my job as a renegade pharmacist is to give power back to the people, mm. to know that you can make your own medicines, that you are the drug, you are the medicine, you are everything, and that you don't need to rely on a drug company. So for that reason, I think anyone living in this modern day and age, don't over-vaccinate yourself. Mm. Take responsibility for yourself. Don't listen to the government for your health advice because they are they are working in cahoots with drug companies to make a lot of money unbeknown to them because a lot of i mean think about it right i mean i'm going to make myself some enemies saying this but the people who work for governments unfortunately you know you have to question why did they work for the government it's probably because they can't get a job doing something else it's like it's like the last place you want to work right it's to work in politics and the government and this is unfortunately what's going on. I mean, look at the mess in England right now. Look at the mess in Europe right now. Like, governments aren't the most competent people, right? And then, and then you're putting your responsibility in their hands. It's madness. You've got to take responsibility for yourself. That's the only way you're going to break free and liberate yourself from a system that's designed to suppress you and not make you grow. Because that's how you make money. This system thankfully is breaking down very fast rapidly um but in order to survive the next level what's going to happen we must become self-sufficient because there's going to be a division that's going to happen it's going to be the people who have taken responsibility and there's people who are totally giving up their lives to the, the government and there's going to become a huge division and i i don't want you to fall down the wrong path simple as that yeah thanks thanks Niraj. And um, how, so what's the best way to get familiar with your work? 
Sure. So you, you're going to give a link to our webinar. I think the webinar yeah. is like yeah. the best place to start. Yeah, that's really the one learn. I did this morning yeah. and it was like pretty amazing. Was, yeah, fantastic. I, I felt amazing today. <laughs> Oh, beautiful, man. Hi, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, man. Amazing. And then you learn a few tricks there, like straight away about how to lower your heart rate, how to decrease your heart rate, all that stuff um, that you can impress your friends with, you know, when you're at a party. Um, and then there's um, a lot of useful information there about um, your mind-body connection and, and how your breath influences that and how to get into these psychedelic states and things like that. Mm. So I really recommend watch that webinar at somabreath.com as well. Um, and and if you want like a, a great like resource for your health, then go to the renegadepharmacist.com because on there are dozens and dozens of articles, um, hundreds actually of articles, um, all with very, very user-friendly, user useful tips um, to protect yourself. Mm. And are you on social media too? And uh, yeah, so social media, we have uh, the Soma Breath group. So when you join um, our Soma Breath, if you go to somabreath.com, you'll get links to our Soma Breath group. We have like almost 4,000 members on there now, which is amazing. Um, and it's uh, also the Renegade Pharmacist is the Facebook page. I don't use that so much, so much anymore. I use our group a lot more um, and our website. So okay. there you go. And now, if you have a little bit of extra time, I'd love to, if you could do a little demonstration. Yes. Like, and that's how we're going to close this podcast so people can have a little taste of uh, the, the breath work. Brilliant. Uh, so, what do you want? Let me teach you. Um, a healing breath technique, okay? Mm -hmm. Using mm -hmm. rhythmic breathing and breath retention. Mm -hmm. This is what my Swami taught me. This specific thing, method, is exactly what my Swami taught me uh, in 2010, this one method, and it's what Amazing. helped me heal from this chronic illness that left me half bound. Very simple. Amazing. All right? It's used if as people are driving, is it, is it unsafe if people drive? Or? <laughs> uh... Yeah, like try and maybe park the car up. If you're driving, <laughs> you know, wait till you get home, just in case, you know, you don't want to lose concentration. Okay. You shouldn't multitask when you're driving too much. Um, but you can do the first bit for sure, the rhythmic breathing, okay? So it's three three parts, rhythmic breathing, two, four rhythm. So there's a beat, right? That's a beat. In fact, so let me play some music in the background. Oh, yeah. so Amazing. The Actually, can you hear that? Yeah, perfect. Okay, so this is this is one of my most popular tracks. Okay, so you hear there's a rhythm. So, the rhythm. Put the music slightly louder. Yeah. In two, out two, three, four. In two, out two, three, four. So now, when you're breathing, the rhythm is key. It's not about like full inhalations and exhalations, right? But you're breathing from the diaphragm, and rhythm is the most key. So make sure your belly rises, then your chest, 
right? So your diaphragm, your diaphragmic breathing. And you're breathing in for two. So it's like this. In, two, out, two, three, four. So the two, three, out, two, three, four is where you're extending the exhale. So it's in, two, four. And when you're exhaling, you're just blowing the air out continuously and you're not pausing. There's no pause between the next inhalation. Okay? So it's a circular connected breath. So in, two, out, two, three, four. So that is. Through your nose, out from your mouth, okay? To a rhythm. Now you can play with this. You can also breathe in for four and out for eight. So it's always half the time, right? In and double the time out. So in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like that. In, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In, two, three, four, out, two, three, Four, five, six, seven, eight. In, two, three, four. Out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In, two, three, four. Out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In, two, three, four. Out, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. In, two, three, four. Out, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. In, two, three, four. Out, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. In, two, three, four. Out, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. Now fully in. Now make a tone like this. Uh, uh, as as you can, make that tone. And then you can't hold your tone any longer. No uh, As you're holding your breath, hold it for as long as you can. Let's say this mantra. I am whole, perfect, strong, loving, harmonious, and happy. I am whole, perfect, strong, loving, harmonious, and happy. Just repeat that. And when you get a real big urge to breathe, breathe fully in and start the process again. 
and just keep repeating that process for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you'll go into this very deep relaxed state. So in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, so, Always, always extending the exhale, like not, not breathing all the air out very quickly, just extending it to that rhythm, keeping it continuous. Do that for about five minutes, then let out a tone on the exhale for as long as you possibly can, then hold your breath for as long as you can, and then repeat that mantra during that time, and then breathe in and repeat for five minutes, and then repeat that process, and you just keep doing that, and you'll find gradually every day you'll be able to hold your breath and make that tone for longer, longer, and longer um, length of time. And that will be a sign that your vital capacity is getting better, your health is getting better, your function is improving, and you're generally on the whole becoming healthier. Thanks. Thanks. Um... I'll need to make sure I did it right, though. But so it was basically there was a, the cycle breathing, and yep. then you and then you do the OM, and then you. What I didn't understand is I was holding my breath, but you told me to repeat the mantra. You hold is your it, breath, and repeat it in your mind. In, in your my mind. mind, okay. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay, sure. yeah. And then when you're done holding your breath, do you do you repeat this? You repeat the cycle. Yep. And you Five, re yeah. two four rhythm. Yeah, and then you and you do the same. Yeah, or four okay. four eight rhythm. Four eight is going to be more relaxing. Two four is okay. going to be more energizing. Okay, is yeah. that meant to warm up your body? I feel we really warm. <laughs> yeah, because you're getting more blood flow to your belly. You're creating. Mm -hmm. You switched on your parasympathetic nervous system. If you if you get a heart rate monitor, like a heart rate variability monitor, like um. Uh, HRV app called Sweet B HRV actually tells you when you're in a parasympathetic state or sympathetic, you'll mm. see it switch from sympathetic to parasympathetic in, in minutes, and you'll feel this like more blood flow to your stomach, you'll feel hungrier, your appetite will improve, and um, and you'll get a bit warmer, you'll feel like a dilation around your body because your blood vessels dilate, right? And then you will. Uh, become more in a healing state. So you're, when you're talking to yourself with that mantra, like you're saying those words, you're basically programming your cells, especially heart cells, to say, to feel like everything is well, everything in your environment is okay. So what that does is it, it actually reprograms your, your, your DNA effectively um, to have less fear and be more accepting of this environment. So if you're in an autoimmune disease, it's basically fear of the environment to the point where you fear yourself and then your body starts to kill itself, attack itself, right? Because it's constantly under fear. 
So a lot of autoimmune conditions are triggered by oversensitivity to the environment. So we need to calm the cells down. We have to tell them everything is okay, everything is well. That's why that mantra is so good, because I am whole, perfect, strong, loving, harmonious, and happy. It's all of the positive statements of a functioning human, right? So I say that over and over again. I used to do this in a, in a sauna. I used to do exactly that process in a sauna, on repeat, and I'd sometimes stay in that sauna for like three or four times longer than anyone else because like, I'm getting to such a deep like therapeutic state that you forget that your body temperature you know mm. you're you actually adapt to the natural body temperature so you can stay with it with the heat and um, the heat doesn't affect you so much so you can stay in a sauna much longer and uh, and that is actually one of the most healing environments you can create is a sauna is like doing this breath work in the sauna that's what the Russians still do they do the banyan you know, they, the Siberian shamans, they do this ritualistically, they do it religiously. We have sweat lodges in, in Mexico and uh, places like Temescal. They all do these um, breath work within the sauna, in the heat. And um, that, is, that is my church. That's my, if you want to ask me what's my church, that's the church. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, sorry, just quickly, because I want to integrate a bit of breath work in my, in my routine. And I'm a Vedic meditator. So I wanted to know what's the right timing. Would it be before the meditation? Um, there's no for this breath work is best on an empty stomach. Okay. Um, you know, so okay. when you wake up on an empty stomach with like uh, clean bowels, if you can. Okay. Um, so you don't, you know, you're not needing the toilet. You're not feeling bunged up. Okay. Is the best time. However, like to actually meditate on a on a different you know uh, level of meditation which is more like the vipassana buddhist type of meditation mm -hmm. um or this mindfulness meditation that should be a daily thing like every day every moment of your day you should be present in the moment of what you're mm. doing and that should be like a daily thing mm. yeah. yeah okay yeah I'll, I'll probably do before because that's usually when I do a bit of pranayama and that, that could replace a bit. Yeah. I think it'd be a good preparation. Also a good preparation for people who do visualization work to be in a yeah. more beautiful state, I guess. Yes. Well, good. Thanks so much, Niraj. It's been like an hour and 25 minutes. So <laughs> uh, thank you so much for, for your time. And you're obviously very, very passionate about it and sharing it with me and the audience is uh, is uh, really amazing. So thanks. Brilliant. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone who listened. This was Niraj Naik. And I really, really encourage you to do the webinar, which was amazing. So I'll post a link. And yeah, I think like the more I got into breath work, the more I can see how like the effect on health, levels of happiness, mood, and uh, how it's been actually studied a lot. So give it a go, guys. And thank you, Niraj. Thank you. An absolute pleasure. So I'll see you uh, soon on our webinar. <laughs> thank you for listening to the entire episode of the podcast. And I hope you feel pretty blissful now after the breathing exercise. And I definitely encourage you again to do the webinar with Niraj. 
Now, if you want to learn more about Unlocked, you can go on our website, unlockt.me, unlocked.me, and you can have a look at the free morning routine challenge. That's pretty amazing. And if you want to support the podcast, you'll find a link for that too. Thank you.